So here's an actual strategy that I do all the time that always works. And there, and, and it's a concept before you get information, you have to reveal information. Oh, so one of the fun, and I've been experimenting with this and it works so well. Every time I'm meeting someone for the first time to just break the ice is when someone says, how are you doing? I don't say fine. And I, I just, I tell them something specific that I've done in the last half hour to an hour. Like I'll say something like, oh, I just, you know, honestly this morning, I literally just finished watching WandaVision. Mm-hmm. How you doing? And then right away, that gives the other person, like I've revealed something like, oh, how is that? We'll get right into a different conversation versus how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. What do you do for a living? Well, I do this. That's really interesting. It's not, but we're going to have this fake conversation and neither of us wants to have it, but yeah. it's really uncomfortable and it's super boring. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to today's episode of Conversation with Hypeet. I am so much excited. Like, like you can see me. I am, I'm so much excited because I have a wonderful guest joining me. The I'm guest excited. I'm talking about is the author of book End Boring. And this is like, just believe me, one of the best books I have read on public speaking. And I have read so many books, man. So, and he's also a great public speaker himself. And now he is teaching others to how to be best. He's teaching others how to be present yourself in front of crowds or even having an impactful conversation, one-on-one conversation. So before any further ado, please welcome with me, Ivan Vanis Ruiz. What's hey, up, Welcome to the show, man. Uh, you know what? Uh, you Just uh, you're an energy, put a smile on my face. You know, I still I still struggle with like, you know, I'm, I'm nobody. You know, I still think with that, like, who am I? Like when, when you wrote me, like, would you like to be a guest? And I was like, why me? So I struggle with that sense of like that I'm someone important. So thank you very much for the kind words. Thank Thank you you so much, man. Uh, Like I mentioned, like this book, I was just looking for resources to improve myself on communication Mm -hmm. skills. I have this YouTube channel and I really want to show my best in front of the camera, in front of the audience. Yeah. So that's why like I was looking for any podcast I could search for, any book, any, any, anything on YouTube video. And that's how I found your book. Uh, It's a digital copy. And I found it on Amazon Kindle store. And I, I'm going to tell the people listening, I'm, I'm shocked because we were, we were talking about this before, but I published this book and maybe like five hours later, I think our priest like, Hey man, I just read your book. And I was like, what? And I had, I was like, I didn't even know it was like actually out there. I thought it was still kind of like pending and stuff like that. I mean, so Harpreet, yeah. you may be the first person to get that book. I'm almost positive. You are like the actual first person ever to have, to see that book. Wow, this I didn't know that. Like, I'm so surprised. Because I I didn't even know. I was like, how did you get a copy of that? Like, I didn't think it was actually because when I when you put it to Amazon, it says, we got it. It's it's just it's under review, like, you know, and Mm -hmm. we'll let you know. And before I got the email from Amazon saying it's been approved, it's now live. I got your email. Wow, I thought was hilarious. And I was like, well, I guess (laughs) it's live. Surprising, but this is not your first book, right? You also have experience. You authored, published another book as well. Yeah. So the, what this book, the end boring, became originally was just an update to my first book, and my first book was called "They Don't Have to Be Naked: A New Approach to Public Speaking." And as I was kind of updating it, because I wrote about five or six years ago, I was like, you know what? I really want to expand on this. Oh, I have another idea because I I always try and make myself better. So, you know, I'd look in the chapter that was about how to summarize a presentation in like one impactful sentence. And I was like, well, you know, I kind of developed a few other ways since then. And I started adding it in. And then I was going through other stuff like, you know what, 
I've already made this clear. Oh, I have another, oh, here's a great example. And I had all this other information that I just kept updating, updating, updating. And so I was like, I should just make this a new book. You know, it's got the stuff from the old one plus yeah. new stuff. And that's where kind of this book came from. And the, they don't have to be naked. It's still out there, but this is, I'm, I'm gonna slowly start moving it out of like unpublishing it and only publishing this one because I think this is just much better. So this is like upgraded version, which much more information on it, which much more practical information on it. Exactly. It's like, you know, Iron Man one to Iron Man three, you know what I'm saying? It's just like iterations. I'm nanotech now. But how you like, <laughs> how you decided the name, what was the story behind it? Yeah. Just end up boring and boring. So, okay. The first book, they don't have to be naked. The whole, the, the, that came from, you know, there's this old kind of uh, trope, this old advice that like, oh, if you're ever nervous in front of a group of people, just picture them in their underwear or picture them naked and that'll make you feel better. And I always thought that was so dumb because first of all, you can't because you're too nervous. You're trying to remember what you're talking about, right? And then it just, it's not like, if I see someone like, I'm going to picture you naked. I'm not, I'm going to forget what I'm saying. It's just dumb, right? And then I thought I was like, well, what should I call this book? What should I call it? And one of the things I kept saying more and more often in my presentations and my workshops was that, you know, like Harpreet, man, let's just be honest. Okay, let's just be really honest. Most of the time, whether it's in person or virtually, when we're having meetings, when there's presentations, it is mind-numbingly boring. I mean, there's no, listen, there, this, is, this is the thing. Online, you don't have to be polite. Because here's the thing. Uh, before, when we were in person, people say it's, it's, it was, it's harder to keep people's attention virtually but that's not true. Yeah. People are just as bored in person, but in person, there's a lot of other people around. So I can't go like this as you're talking and be like, uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. I can't do that in person. Virtually dude, look, I'm put my, I'm literally looking at my, it's on the screen. I, you've done this. I know it looked by that look on your face. Everyone has done that. And so I, I kept telling, and I kept in my workshop saying, let's be honest, we're bored nine out of 10 times. I want to end that. I want to give you tools so that even if you're talking about a quarterly report and it's just numbers, how you can make that less boring, because I want to end this concept of boring. I want to, I want people to look forward to presentations and look forward to meetings the way they look forward to going to watch a movie, yeah. the way you can sit and watch some YouTube celebrity like you, Harpreet oh. for hours and hours and hours. I want people to feel that way when they go to work and have to like do presentations or watch presentations. And so yeah. I kept saying it and saying it and saying it. And then my assistant, this amazing guy named RL, give him a shout out. So my RL was like, Yvonne, we should just uh, start putting that in all our messaging, hashtag and boring. And so it's a hat. Every time I post anything, I put the hashtag and boring. And then we were talking about the book and I was like, I can't think of a name. I can't think of a name. And then I was like, wait a minute, let's just call it and boring and see what happens. And I love it. And that's how the, yeah. the title You're came already from. using the name before even thinking yeah. about the name, yeah. man. That's amazing. Yeah. And I find that a lot of times when I am stuck on what to do or I can't, you know, it's, a, hey, we're going to get together and have a creativity meeting where we think of ideas. That's usually the time that I have no ideas. <laughs> right? And I, and I find that a lot of the time, the best ideas come uh, organically when you're just talking about something totally unrelated and that's mm -hmm. what happened. I, I can completely resonate with that. Like first I, like whenever I 
plan to do something or maybe delivering a speech i always like do the prepare the scripted version of that but now i feel like like in conversation having you like i'm getting a conversation like a normal conversation can get much more ideas from it yeah actually uh, you know you know what harpreet let me jump i'm going to jump in okay so here's the, i i talked about this in the book but this is for anyone listening this is the the only way to practice a presentation is with the stress of being watched because you've probably done this harpreet you write your presentation out word for word right you practice it in front of the mirror you're like hello ladies and gentlemen today i'd like to blah 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 and then you have to do it for real and the first thing that happens you mess it up you're like oh, completely well, blank out yeah and then if you miss a part you're like this where was it where was it where was it oh my god they're all looking <laughs> at me where is it where is it so what i've always tell people to do as a strategy is try to sneak little bits of your presentation into your social conversations so when i'm when i'm just hanging out with friends or we're talking and we're just whatever talking about movies or going for coffee or something i will try and insert stuff that i have to talk about like before i have to do a workshop i'll try and insert examples They're like hey do you guys ever hear about this and just like just talking and if they don't notice it means i have a natural delivery and, and when they and sometimes i'll say stuff and they'll be like what why are you talking like that and i'm like oh oh i got to work on that part cuz it sounds fake Oh man. So that's how I practice a lot. And one of my uh my ex-girlfriend <laughs> she got super paranoid near the end. <laughs> Cuz we would be talking and she'd be like, "Are you are you practicing a presentation in front of me right now?" Well, <laughs> and I'm like, "Can you tell?" She's like, "No, I can't tell, but I'm not." And she'd always get really paranoid. She's like, "Are you are you practicing right now or are you just talking?" I'm like, "I don't know, you tell me." Well, <laughs> and that's how I cuz I that's all that's the only way I practice now. man that's what like i'm saying like this book is like you mentioned like this is good book for public speaking but when i read it i feel like this is this book is very good one if you are just having one on one conversation or you are just like standing in you know in circle of your friends and you want to just carry on the conversation there's so many practical examples out there oh, i feel like man. if you are if you can practice it practice it and practice it and then implement it 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 can really leads out like leaves your impactful impression out there so that's how i just feel you know so, it's funny uh there's i'll tell you one other little thing cuz i i do say like you know all the stuff i'm showing in this in this book the tactics they are for present when you're speaking in front of a group of people but i use all of this stuff in like like all the time and let me give you another little thing this for you and for the listening audience right you know when and this is interpersonal You know when you first meet someone that you haven't met before and people always give you all these examples on how to break the ice by asking questions. But if you've ever been in a situation where you're like, "Hi, so tell me about yourself. What do you do? How many kids do you have? Where are you where do you live?" You don't want to answer. You're like, "I don't know who you are." You you always, it feels like a like an inter, like um an interrogation. Getting so uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah, cuz people are like, "How are you doing? Good. So what part of town do you live in?" And you're like, "I don't want this guy to know where I live." You know? Yeah. So here's an actual strategy that I do all the time that always works. and there and and it's a concept before you get information you have to reveal information oh so one of the fun and i've been experimenting with this and it works so well every time i'm meeting someone for the first time to just break the ice is when someone says how are you doing i don't say fine and i i just i tell them something specific that i've done in the last half hour to an hour like i'll say something like oh i just you know honestly this morning i literally just finished watching wandavision How you doing? And then right away that gives the other person like I revealed something like oh how is that we'll get right into a different conversation versus 
How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. What do you do for a living? Well, I do this. That's really interesting. It's not, but we're going to have this fake conversation and neither of us wants to have it, but yeah. it's really uncomfortable and it's super boring. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So a little tip, always reveal something and it can be superficial. You know, like, how are you doing today? I'm good. I'm good. You know, I've uh, five days wearing sweatpants, feeling great. Right away, that will take you into a different conversation. But Ivan, like you're mentioning this thing. Yeah. So you definitely practice this with a lot of people. So what do you think, like, if now I, I was used to be like, I always say, oh, how are you? I'm good. Like, like you said, yeah. but if I want to move it to the natural conversation, the same strategy you mentioned, how can I implement it? And make it like on my present. Like I want to be, I don't want to seem like okay. I'm reading it from a script. Yeah. I, yeah. Oh, I heard some guy on YouTube like saying use this tactic on someone. Like I don't want to be like that. I yeah. want to make it my own personality. How, how so can let's, we? Let, let's that? just try this. So this is this is exactly this is great. Let's just do it right now. Let's just do it yeah. right now. Because if you can't do it right away, it's useless. I, in the book, I talk about this. My biggest frustration is that there are so many people. Okay, I always make this joke. You know, like LinkedIn is full of unemployed people telling other unemployed people how to live their life. It's like, everybody's a coach. Everybody's a coach. I was in sales for 10 years. I'm a coach now. Here's what you should do. And it's just stupid ideas without tactics. So here's a tactic. I'm gonna ask you how you're doing, okay? And instead of saying fine, just tell me something you did in the last like five hours. Since, since in the last 24 hours, just superficial. Oh, I just finished watching the show. I just had this, just say something like that. And let's, and, because when you do that, it gives me something to reply back to. Yeah. Okay. So Harpreet, man, how are you? I'm good, brother. Uh, I just like saw it. I, I just saw it like trailer for this new Superman show coming up and I'm just so much oh. looking forward to it. Man. Are you really? I yeah. am not, I, I saw, honestly, I, I, I am not a Superman guy. I am not, a, I've never found Superman interesting. Okay. And you man. see, listen, right there and then, you and I could have been in a whole other conversation. Mm -hmm. And then we, and Harpreet, you know how you're saying about being real? Sometimes I worry because the tactics I'm giving, like this, for example, it's actually telling something real. Mm -hmm. It's not something superficial. And I do it. I, everything I put in the book, everything I teach, I actually do. So did you notice this morning when we first met, how quickly we got into a really interesting conversation. Yeah, yeah. It's because when you said, Yvonne, how are you? And we had never met before. And I know it's always nerve wracking. It's like first date stuff. And right away, I started, we started talking about like Brampton and we started oh. talking about, I'm from Vancouver. Hello, and we got into a whole conversation. We, we could have recorded that, could have been, it was so easy too, right? You just used that tactic on me and I couldn't even figure out that. Oh wow, that, that's how I'm you can do you. it, okay. And one of the things I tell to people, because everything I teach is tactics. I don't teach ideas. Everyone gives you ideas. Mm -hmm. You know, it's really important to engage your audience. And you're like, how? And yeah. they're like, ask questions. What kind of questions? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I literally go that next step, like this question here, ask this, here's a sentence as a question. I want you to fill it out. And it's all about simple, easy ideas. And that was, that's just an easy one. And you're right. I do it. And I do it now all the time. When I meet people for the first time, I'm doing it. And right away we connect. Yeah. Like right away we connected and it became more comfortable. Right. That's really good. for And I could have said anything I could, you let's do it again, just for fun, just for fun. We'll do it again. Okay. And my Superman reaction was a hundred percent real. 
Like that's a hundred percent real, by the way. I don't even know why people like Superman. It's so <laughs> uninteresting to me. That's going to get some controversy on YouTube. Post below. Okay. Harpreet, we're going to do it again. Something totally different. What else did you do, right? It can be useless. What you ate, what you saw, what you're wearing, what you did last night. It can be anything useless. It doesn't have to be like, since like, um, it has to be honest, like sincere, but it doesn't have to be like impactful or life changing. just whatever, yeah. right? Um, hey, Harpreet, how are you? Good, brother. How are you? I'm good. Actually, you know, uh, I have done nothing this morning. <laughs> I kept wanting to be productive today. And I literally just, um, beyond just putting on a shirt and this necklace, I haven't done much. Oh, man, same for me. Like, I haven't done any breakfast yet. And it's already be like after noon. I have I don't, I, I haven't, I, I don't eat breakfast till after 11. I fast every day. Oh, so the, yeah. Well, no, no, I don't do that. Like, I try to like eat heavy breakfast as much as I can. And oh, I can't. I, my friend like is cooking like this Indian tradition, me like stuffed bread, uh, and I'm just mm -hmm. so much looking forward to it. Like after interview, I'm just going to go for it. Really? See, Okay, see now, listen, I, I want to actually ask you, like now even the listening audience is probably like, what is it called again? What is it? What kind of thing? Is that yeah. breakfast? We would get into a whole other conversation because, mm -hmm. you know, I notice how we found something that wasn't, so what do you do for a living? Oh, tell me a little bit more about that. Yeah, it wasn't yeah. fake, right? It was supernatural. Even though at first you're like, what should I say? I could see it in your eyes a little bit. Yeah. The more you do it, the easier it gets. It's because it's, it's like, I always say, it's like, um, like shooting a bow and arrow. Yeah. The mechanics of a bow and arrow are easy, right? You saw it in the book, right? I talk about it in the book. I, I know. Like, it takes like 30 seconds. It takes like 30 seconds, right? Just here you go. Take the string, pull it back. But to actually hit the target and do it well, is that physical is practice. This is physical practice. But Try you know, like, see what I, happens. I'm amazed. Like you mentioned that you don't like Superman, but in the book, just in the beginning of the book, you are you are suggesting readers to become a Batman. Yeah, I talk Batman. <laughs> you, want, you want readers <laughs> to become a Batman, like like I understood because he has a duty to bad. He can use any tools according to his situation and get out of the situation. But how yeah, Batman do you learned everything. Batman learned everything. He wasn't born with everything. No, he no. learned it. But how you interlink that interlink that like with with your content in the book, man? Like I'm I'm interesting to hear about it. So. When I was learning, to, you know, I, I did all these communication classes and I remember going to like other experts and it, I never found, it was always the kind of thing where it was like, hmm, that's really great. Hmm, that's really great. That's really great. But it never actually changed anything because what they were like, you know, someone does sales for 20 years and they teach public speaking. They don't actually know public speaking. They know sales and they're yeah. trying to apply their very specific point of view and telling you this is how you need to present. Yeah. But there isn't a right way. That's the thing the way that person taught, you know, you'd watch, mm, very interesting. And then I'm not going to use it in my life because it doesn't apply to me. So I always talked about tactics and I talk about Batman and so you know, Batman has the utility belt and by the book is there to give you like 30 different things on your utility belt. So in one situation, you're like, I'm going to try this tactic. Yvonne said, mm -hmm. Oh, it's not working. Doesn't matter. Cause then I got this tactic or this one or this one, just like Batman. He'll try a smoke thing. Smoke thing didn't work. Doesn't matter. He's got the other thing. That thing didn't work. He's got like 10 more things to try. That's what I wanted to give people. Not one. I don't, I say this. I don't teach rules because there is no rule. This is the best way to open a presentation. I teach tools. Here's yes. five ways to open a presentation. Pick the one you like, use as many as you want. So that's where that came from. 
awesome man and uh, i was like because i loved that when you mentioned batman in the book because i'm kind of more of dc guy and my favorite and you see listen now look now guess what harpreet this is this is just cuz i like to like look out and then look in we now have a little inside joke we can talk about throughout this conversation. You're going to want to bring it up more and more, which means we've already connected on a different level. Yeah. It's not like we're going to be best friends forever, but now we have like a little inside joke. Yeah. Like, and if I bump into you like a year from now, Hey, still a DC guy. Like we'll probably remember that before you remember any of the other information. I know. I know, man. And I'm going to ask you again, like in future, You still don't like Superman, man? I still don't like Superman. Yeah, you can ask ask me in a year from now. It's just so boring. I know. Oh, man. He's stronger yeah. than everyone, faster than everyone, smarter than everyone, does everything better than everyone. What's the conflict there? Not you know? not faster than Flash, but let's not start a debate here. Yeah. <laughs> so you're going to have to put like that in the YouTube in the YouTube hashtags. You're going to have to put the Flash Marvel versus DC and see if you get some more views that way. <laughs> man uh it can start a controversy out there so most <laughs> below who's faster flash all right nerds unite <laughs> man that's amazing amazing so uh, uh like ivan i just want to we start from the start man uh yes. let's forget about you want to go and deliver a speech in front of people man uh let's say like i don't want to deliver a speech in front of crowd i don't even want to give presentation i just want to be confident if i go to like a family event i am finding myself in a in a like reality so three or five i want to show my confident image man so how you think is that you can be confident in small groups and then i i know like if when you start getting confident in a smaller you can improve it and grow it into much more crowd but before even starting with how i can learn and be confident in communicating even with the strangers or with my relatives well again there's no one right way oh, so yeah. let me let, yeah but let me answer your question in a couple of ways harpreet and for anyone listening whether you identify as introverted extroverted shy or outgoing the truth is is that you're all those things depending on who you're in front of mm-hmm. cuz for okay, example thanks. harpreet both you and i anyone listening around certain people you're outgoing and funny around others you're quiet and reserved some people think of you as ah happy happy other ones like oh they're very serious he's the most serious person the the people we're in front of dictate the level of introvert extrovert confident non-confident so and that's a true thing you now, think about it in your life right now i think about it man like yeah like uh, in, sometimes in front of others i show more extrovert image and sometimes i just show like more obedient so it depends okay yeah i never think so much deep about it you right that's and that's the 100% truth so when people say what are ways that i can be more confident and i'm going to give you some mm-hmm. but first thing to understand is it's that the context dictates so much i am a quiet person around certain members of my family around others i'm known as like the outgoing crazy one okay so beyond that's the first thing to realize but beyond that if you're if you're the person that struggles let's say networking <clears throat> because when people say how can i be more confident and stuff like that what they really mean is when they're around strangers or they're in professional settings when they can't relax yeah yeah because probably at a party with your three best friends you're fine you're fine right but yeah. it's always when you're like hmm yes hmm yes hmm yes oh yes <laughs> fintech stocks yes yes fintech mm you know what i mean yeah or 
sometimes people get um, very self-conscious if English is not their first language. That's another context that they get yes. shy in, right? Yeah. And that's, so the first thing to understand is that the whole thing confident in front of others is a different, it's the wrong question to ask, right? The, the, the questions to be asking are like, who am I confident and what context am I not confident? Okay. That being said, in terms of things to do, I've really, number one, do what I did with us. So when someone says, how are you? Boom, right away. Because if you can get into a less formal conversation, you're going to chill out the way you did, right? You totally yeah. chilled out a little bit. At first, I know you probably have a list of questions you want to ask me, blah, blah, right? Yeah. Right? You probably do. And you're like, so Yvonne, tell me about your experience. But we're not even, you're not even looking at that anymore mm -hmm. because we started off on the right, on the right foot. Yeah, so right. Number two, don't be afraid to let people talk until they're done. We want to always in, we're like, I got to look confident. So I got to say things and, and, and intrude and like people interrupt all the time in conversations. I'm guilty of it too. Mm -hmm. But what I've really been experimenting with is letting people talk until they're done. And sometimes it feels like an hour and you're like, uh-huh, uh-huh. This person won't shut up. Usually it's like less than five minutes. In fact, there was some really interesting research that was done. Um, you can check it out on PubMed and it was done with general practitioners, doctors, and they, they looked at the average time before a doctor interrupts someone is about 30 seconds. Now, this experiment asked doctors to let the patient talk until they were done. The average time was under two minutes. Oh. The outlier was like five minutes. And, yeah. but the, here's the thing, when they let the patient talk until they were done, the person had a much more positive uh, memory of the experience. So because even though the doctor didn't change anything, the doctor didn't say, didn't change the prescription, didn't change what they said back, just by letting the other person talk to they were done, the people leaving thought, I got better care. It's so funny. And I've been doing that a lot. I just let, like when I'm networking, I used to try and always say stuff about me, make myself look charismatic, make myself look charming. I let people go like this. And after a while, they just go like, oh my gosh, dude, I've been talking the whole time. Tell me about you. And usually they'll just be like very open. And I'm like, no, 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 I want to hear more. And then, and it always helps me to connect with people. Amazing. And that way, like the person in front of you would all be, also be like more keen to learn more about you, man, because he already talked about himself. Now he wants to listen to you. Yeah. That's and, and when someone is not like, for example, if we did the first thing with the name thing, and then we got into a different conversation, that person will probably talk forever. Like, you know, we could have talked about DC and, and like, I could have asked you about breakfast. We could have talked about it for like 20 minutes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I could have let, I could have let you go. Mm -hmm. And you would have been like this and this and this and this. And I'm like, oh, that's great, that's great, yeah. And we would have connected on a whole other level. Yeah. My friend, I actually have a friend of mine. Oh, I should introduce you to him. He's really good. <clears throat> His name is Randy. Um, and he, he actually is, if, he, if you're in Mississauga ever, mm -hmm. okay, he's the king of Mississauga. If there's an event, he's the MC. He had a Ooh. radio show where he was in, uh, yeah, Randy Prasad. His name is his name, Randy Prasad. And he's, he's so great. He's so charismatic. He's really humble. He's a beautiful man. I love him. And he's the most connected person I've met in Mississauga. Like, he's just so connected. And he, you know, he's like, Yvonne, it's not who you know. Mm -hmm. It's how they know you. 
because your Facebook and your LinkedIn is full of people you would never say hello to on the street. Yes. Right? Yeah. Here's the thing. Whenever I meet someone, I try and give them a way to remember me. Like, like, so be like when you meet Randy, Oh, Randy. Oh, you got to meet Randy. Randy. This is the guy I was telling you about that. This is, Oh, you got to meet Harpreet. He's the DC guy I was telling you about. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and all, and cause it's a memory cue. Now they have a reason to, to introduce you to other people. They have a reason to remember you versus okay. I'm a corporate trainer. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah, it doesn't sound that ring, man. Yeah, I'll, but I'll introduce you to him because he's an MC. He's a great speaker. He had a radio show. He's a great communicator. He's a he's just a cool guy. Wonderful, brother. Thank you so much, man. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it now. Uh, now, uh, you mentioned that like, okay, this is how you can be more confident in smaller gatherings. But let's take another step now. Now you want to deliver a speech in front of the crowd yeah and as you said like you already have experience Ivan you can you can talk in front of hundreds of people but in the what I feel personally is that in, in just talk like not in your talk like in anyone's talk the most important thing is the opening and closing because listeners tend to uh, listen more okay what's the topic what are you going to start with and again in the closing how is closing what we getting from his speech and there's a tool like a Batman's utility bed. Like there's a tool mentioned here is that if you want to have a good opening, try using uh, uh, try using the Area 47, man. So I understood it and I feel like it can be, uh, I can, I should talk more about it because there's so much thing I can learn from Area 47. But if someone's come to you in very layman term, whether how you would explain what is area 47 and how you can implement it on your opening. Certainly. Yeah. Because it's a, it's a concept that might not seem, I remember getting, I get challenged on it sometimes. Like, I don't know if that's worse. Yeah. So the whole idea is this uncertainty equals interest. I'm if, if I don't know where you're going with something and I'm like, what? I thought you were going to talk about this. Why are you talking about that? Now I'm trying to figure out where you're going with this that engages you. So that's the first thing. The other way you can explain it is when you're designing your opening presentation, people tell you, oh, say an interesting quote, use a statistic, tell a funny story. Yeah. But if you do, most of the time, you'll say your quote, you'll say your statistic and the whole room's like, okay, like zero. How funny, how easy is it to be funny when you're nervous? It's impossible. Yeah. If you, if, and anyone listening, if you've ever done a presentation and you try to tell your joke at the beginning or your funny story and you get this, it's not me. or even worse, you get, uh, it's brutal. So the area 47 opening says this, start with something that seems unrelated to what your topic is. And after a few sentences, create that connection. And in the book, you'll notice in the book, there's links. I put in a, a bunch of examples because yeah. again, I don't, Ideas are useless without tactics. So I give a lot of tactics. I give you different ways. And then I give a bunch of examples. It can be a question, a statement, or a story. But the idea is start with something unrelated that seems unrelated and then make the relationship. Let me give, I'll give you an example, okay? I'll give you a really good, I'll give you a couple of examples, okay? Yeah. I was working with a bunch of salespeople years ago and everyone was coming up and doing a pitch. So this one person came up and no one knew what she was going to talk about, but she's like, how many of you like to be touched by strangers? Show of hands. 
<laughs> right away. And the, right away, the, the whole room did what you did. A bunch of them kind of giggled, they laughed. There's always one person who's like, hands up. Yeah, as, right? Great. It made more of a joke. She didn't even, you don't even have to respond to it. Okay, just a couple of you. Okay, cool. You see, that's the problem I have. I am starting a physiotherapy home delivery business mm -hmm. for people who are so injured they can barely get out of bed. But how do you get the trust of someone to come into your home and give you like massage or physiotherapy yeah. to be touched by a stranger? This is the issue that I'm dealing with. And then she went on to the rest of her presentation. Yeah, yeah. You see? Um, and I just thought that was like such a good example. Seems unrelated. And then she makes the connection. But here's the best part. Without trying to be funny, you were funny. Without trying to be interesting, you got everybody's interest. Even dead nervous, dead nervous. Cause she was super nervous. There's like a bunch of salespeople. Everyone was nervous. Just by asking that silly question that seemed unrelated that took everyone I was like, what? You got all the benefits. And then you ask me about closing. I always say the best way to close is make a reference to your beginning. Yes, summarize your key points, have your call to action, blah, blah, blah. Everyone says those things. Just make a reference to your beginning at the end. So, and she says, so that's how I'm gonna make every stranger in this room comfortable to let me come in and give you physiotherapy. Wow. And that's how she ended it. And it was like, boom. Okay, mic drop moment. but. Yeah, but this is, seems like area, so area 47, when you read from the book, when you're telling about it, right? It seems yeah. so much difficult to implement. I don't know why, like, and it could also tell if someone reading it very beginner and he wants to, they yeah. want to improve. It seems like, no, I, I can't do it. Only one can't do it. Or only that lady giving presentation can do it. Like, why? you think like this is a difficult thing or no like it's a practice practice like bow and arrow if you are practicing again and again you're gonna do it man that's exactly it it's one of those things just like shooting a bow and arrow like kicking a soccer ball like shooting a basketball yeah the yeah. first few times you do it you don't have the muscle memory so it's uncomfortable the more you do it the easier it gets i can think of openings like off the t people tell me their presentations and i'm like here's five openings like all the time that being said the other thing I say is that, it, again, it's not a rule. Mm -hmm. So it, it doesn't have to be crazy unrelated. Yeah. Sometimes it can be a little unrelated. Sometimes if you don't feel comfortable, almost related. Suppose, um, Harpreet, what, give me an example of any kind of job someone has or any kind of presentation that you've listened to recently. Let's say like someone is trying to get a job in IT sector, mobile application software. Mobile apps, okay. So let's say you're going to do a, a presentation about um, having in-app in purchases. Yeah. In-app purchases, mm -hmm. right? And you wanna, you, instead of saying, hello, today my name's Yvonne and I'd like to talk to you about some strategies to, of encouraging in-app purchases so that you can better monetize. Already you stopped listening to me. I saw it in your face, you were like, yeah, mm -hmm. get to the actual information, right? Yeah. Right? So I could say this, um, how many people here use your thumb okay. or use your thumb when you're on your phone? right? Ah, how many people use this finger when you're on your phone? Uh -huh. oh. Maybe on the back. So, and then, and then like I said, so today I want to talk to you about some strategies, how doing this can earn us some more money through in-app purchases, for example, right? Yeah. Um, I could have done, I could have done another opening where I could have asked people, um, 
Okay. How many of you can recite your credit card number by heart? Nobody. No. Because it auto-completes when you're on the phone. Yeah, yeah. So the secret to a good in-app purchase is making the auto-complete function available within your app. And I want to talk about that strategy and other strategies to get you to help you increase the monetization in your apps. Ah, you see? Yeah, so you make a connection now. But neither of those are really crazy or outlandish, right? They're kind of mm -hmm. like middle of the road, right? And I could also be like this. Hey, what's the weirdest thing you've ever bought? Think about it right now. Don't, don't tell me. Don't tell me. It's probably weird, right? Yeah. Think about something that you bought that you would be embarrassed if people thought about. And right now I can see it in your eyes. We're all like, uh-oh. Yeah. You know, people are listening to me like, well, I did buy that weird outfit once from a girlfriend, <laughs> right? <laughs> and, then I could, and then I could say, exactly. We all make purchases that we want to be safe and private and secure. Yeah. And one of the best ways to make sure that people buy things through our app is to make sure that they know that it is 100% secure through two-factor authentication. Today, I wanna to talk about some other ideas to help us increase our in-app purchases. There you go, there's a bunch of them. For example, see what I'm saying? You start with uncertainty and then relate it to your topic. Yeah, and like I mentioned, like this is one of those examples, like I feel like it can be really so much impactful in real life. Just, just get hold of it, man. And I, I'll tell people, listen, the next time you watch any movie, okay, watch how often they do this when characters have monologues. When there's like some really dramatic part, they'll be like, did you kill her or didn't you kill her? You know what I mean? Yeah. Or it's like, are you the one that robbed the millions or not? They'll always reply back with like, you ever gone fly fishing? And, they're, and you, you're like, what? what? Why is and they'll like, tell some story and then relate it to the question. And you're like, yeah. that's so amazing. They do that all the time in, 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 in movies and TV to keep you interested. Awesome, yeah. brother. Uh, so that's how you can do opening and closing. And again, like one of the tools you can use. But again, like one of the things I really want to mention to the readers and to the uh, listeners watching us, like when you are preparing for public speech, if you are very new it, you also have given a time constant. Like you have to deliver your speech in particular time and because you want to respect the other people coming after you. So in that way, let's say you have a time and you have too much information. And that thing, like you also mentioned in your book, Man Ivan, that if you're putting too much details, that's also not good. Details kills curiosity. Like talk to me more about it, brother. You know, I always say this, Harpreet, listeners, do you think your attention span is getting longer or shorter? It's shorter, brother. Sure. Me too. Like, yeah. that's why I say, I don't say people. I say us. Mm -hmm. We, all of us, you know, dude, TikTok, what is it? Seven? I can't even remember. Oh, 15 seconds. After 15, that, seconds after 15 seconds, I'm like, get to the point. <laughs> Therefore, whether you're talking for an hour or for five minutes or for two minutes, the important thing to keep in mind is what is the core message that you can repeat over and over and over and over. Mm -hmm. So first, I, in the book, I give a bunch of strategies to how to yeah. find a core message. But then how do you practice so that you have a time constraint? The first thing is if you're going to do a five-minute presentation, practice it. Practice doing it without stopping for five minutes. Then practice it for four minutes. Then practice it for three minutes. Then practice it for two minutes. Then one minute. 
and you keep having until you can, you basically got like one sentence because then what you've done is two things. One, you've gotten to the core of what you want to say. And two, you are prepared to do any time constraint. And like also you you're realizing as you have less and less time, you're realizing, Oh my God, that's totally unrelated. I don't need this part. I don't need this part. I don't need this part. Yeah. And then before you know it, five minutes, instead of seeing like not enough time, will seem like too much time. So again, that's a way to practice so that you can always be ready for any time constraint. Again, like this is going to be one of those skills, like you have to practice and practice. And because like, if you can deliver the same message, you can, you're delivering in five minutes and you can deliver same message in two minutes, man, like you really can take care of better care of those three minutes you have now. Yeah. To repeat. Harpreet, I love salsa dancing. I'm a huge salsa dancer. It used to be my career. I used wow. to be a dancer. And in 2010, I helped to organize the Vancouver International Salsa Festival. Wow. And my business partner, his name was Cheyenne. And we'd, we'd have people trying to sell us vendors, sell us on ideas, ticket management, all this kind of stuff. And Cheyenne had the attention span of like, like he just, he's like, uh, like he, he's like, hey, Cheyenne, over here. What? Boom, boom. Distracting. And after like a minute, if you were talking and talking, Shine would be like, uh, uh, sorry, give it to me in a sentence. And if you couldn't do it, you didn't know your idea well enough. And he'd be like, thank you very much. Have a good day. Oh. And it's not, it's not an original idea. I think there's a famous quote. You can look it up. I think Einstein said it. If you, um, if you can't explain yeah, it, Einstein don't know it well enough. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? If you yeah. can't say it in a minute, you can't say it in an hour. Those are two quotes, right? And that's a real life example. Cause I remember Cheyenne would always be, sorry, give it to me in a sentence. Cause first you need to understand that main concept before you can get into details. If I understand the main concept, details are when you're gone and I actually will read the stuff you leave me. You know what I mean? Ivan, uh, like you really such a good storyteller. Like sometimes, like, I don't know, I can show you, but I, I'm start getting goosebumps here now. <laughs> really. The goosebumps, really. brother. Get the goosebumps. I know, man. Uh, and again, like, let's be honest. I would be honest. Like, one of the reasons I really wanted to bring you on the show is that because you really took extra step for the research. You went for the, you went to the police officers. You went to poker yeah, players. Yeah. And they're such professionals. Like, if you are telling a lie, they would catch you like that. So just tell me, Ivan, like what you learn from them. Is there like any science we show if we speak a lie or even if we tell a truth? Is there any body science, body language we show? Yeah. So in terms of, of the, the one of the ways I just decided to develop my communication skills is I never went to communications experts. And if, if you're listening to this, I'm doing quotation signs because most communication experts just decided they were communication experts. They were like, again, they were in marketing or in sales yeah, or whatever. Yeah but they're really marketing experts or sales experts. And it's not that they don't have the right ideas. It's that they only have a little piece of the pie. So I tried to go to other sources and I started with who are people that actually have to do like nonverbal and verbal communication as a job. Like that's their job. So I talked to police interrogators, for example, you know, how can you tell when someone is lying? Uh, I talked to a couple of professional poker players. You know what I mean? And one of the things I need to a caveat, I think people remember, it's not like you can say one thing and I'm like, that's a lie. It's more about establishing 
like, cause most, most, uh, interrogation and poker stuff, it's done over time, over an hour, two hours, because what they're doing is they're trying to find certain habits that you have when you're speaking normally. And when you're speaking under, ner when you're nervous and some of the things that, that kept coming up over and over and over is when people are scared, when people are nervous, like when they're, when they're, uh, lying, because when we're lying, we're always like, Oh my God, Oh my God. There's a little part of you, you know? adrenaline kicks in and when it's the when people are scared and nervous like when they're lying and when they're presenting they exhibit the same behaviors so for example one of the traps is formality the second you start using way too formal language is the second people stop listening to you because it doesn't sound like a person talking this usually happens if you write your, your, the way we write is not how we speak. So if you write your, your presentation out word for word, anyone listening knows this, you know, this, you can always tell when someone's reading or when something's memorized, even yeah. if you're just listening to it, unless someone is a really good actor and they can, but cause you're like, oh yeah, someone wrote that today. I would like to delve into some of the key factors that can help us better understand the, the virtues and the advantages to right away. You could see yeah. nobody talks like that. It's like a script. When you write it, it sounds great. Yeah. Let me give you another example before I talk about this. Text messages. It's barely language anymore, right? Like if we're talking in English, a it's text smiley, message is barely man. English. Yeah. It's just like random abbreviations, pictures, like it's barely in the same. But why is it that we can understand it? Because text messages are not written language. Mm -hmm. There are attempt to make verbal language through words. It's totally different concept because the way we speak is not the way we write. So the first trap that people fall into is they do this formality in their speaking to try and be professional. And when everyone does that to you, you just tune it out until they stop it. Which is why when most people start presenting, you don't listen to the first 30 seconds to a minute of it. You're waiting for the real information to come through. I call it business ease. When you start talking business ease, Nobody cares. Yeah, just take a step back. The second trap that people fall into is they speak in third person a lot. It's they's that they speak in generalities versus in specifics. So when you start saying it's really important that people focus on really trying to find out what they really want to do so that they can better kind of like feel like fulfill their, the, the types of things that they want to do with their life and they can be more fulfilled. You stop listening. I can see it because if you're watching this, notice how hard Pete was like, mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's you like, cause that doesn't mean anything to you. It doesn't third person doesn't work. You need like you, I, it's gotta be a specific example. And I say this, here's a very harsh truth. My friend, here's a harsh truth, a story, an anecdote, an I first person statement is not evidence. It is not evidence, but it is more convincing than evidence. Think about it. If evidence convinced people, no one would think the earth was flat. No one would think that we never went to the moon. No yeah. one would think that, the, that Egypt was built by aliens because the evidence is not there. Listen, yo, Harpreet, what's a healthy food? Let's say banana, man. Why? Because I just love the banana shake. <laughs> People, you can say bananas are healthy. Most people will be like, sure, sure. Uh, potassium. Why is potassium good for you? I don't know. Someone just told me it's good for me. Yeah, man. Kale. 
Why is kale good for you? I don't know, but it's like, that's what people say it's healthy because it's green. Why? What is it? No one knows. All it took is this. All it took is this. One person who's like a fitness person saying, yeah, kale is amazing because it's got, because it's really good for you. It's got antioxidants. Great. I'm in. What's the difference between a Vega bar and a chocolate bar? Everyone would say the Vega bar is healthier for you. And if you say why, they're like, well, I don't know. I just assume it has more. Because one person said, oh, these are great. They're super healthy for you and they taste great. That's all it takes to convince people. Mm. All it takes is one of your friends to be like, if they lost weight, be like, what did you do? It's like, oh, nothing. You know, I just started doing this once. You're like, maybe I should do that. That's all it takes to convince you. Because a story, an I statement, a personal anecdote is not evidence, but it is more convincing than evidence. Yet liars presenters will focus on evidence mm, they bring facts yeah yeah man it's scary man like yo have you ever heard of p90x no I don't know. no it's like a big workout thing it's like a transform your body in 90 days no i'm not aware of that but you know those fitness videos you know like when you watch the before and after yeah it's always that you know it's not true you know you I know, know, yeah. They say it. They say it in little writing. You don't even have to read the writing. Like, oh, that's the thing that says these are not typical results. Yet it still gets you. You're like, you know what? Maybe I should try this. Yeah. <laughs> an anecdote is more, you know, it's not true, but the anecdote, the personal story, the I statement, look at me. I used to be this big fat piece of shit. Now look at me. I wash shirts with my abs. Well, yeah. And you're like, I want to wash shirts with my abs. <laughs> I should do this. Even though, you know, chances are it's not going to do anything. Yeah. There you go. That's you know, same, same concept they use like in the commercials. Like you see, oh, this burger looks so good. I, I have to have, have it. And then you go there. And you see people like, oh my God, this is the best thing I've ever eaten. Is it the best thing you've ever eaten? <laughs> I'm going to try it too. Oh my God, you got to try this. Why? It's so good. Okay, done. That's all it took to convince you. Yeah. I know. You know, like when I was reading your book, there are so many things you mentioned even in in the just five minutes last five minutes you mentioned that when you start getting nervous you start touching like your nose there's some behavior oh, the self-touching yeah for sure and i watched my previous videos and i noticed that yeah i noticed that now i'm controlling myself because i know like okay now I'm, there's an important question coming up i'm recording my uh, uh, stopping myself to touch my nose like that's my kind of thing so yeah, but like it's, it's again like it's very impactful, not for the public speaking, even for one on one conversation. So, so Harpreet, yeah. confidence is a physical action. Mm-hmm. I believe that confidence is a physical action. And if it's a physical action, it means you can practice confidence even when you feel nervous because you're always going to be nervous. The truth is, listen, audience. There's no such thing as overcoming nervousness. There's no such thing. You're always going to be, nervousness is natural. You're going to be in a high stress situation. Of course, you're going to be nervous. Of course, you're going to get sweaty. Yeah. So all, the, breathing won't help you. Doing visualize, none of that stuff is going to help you. If you've ever done it, you know it doesn't work. You're always going to be nervous. So the secret is not not being nervous. The secret is physical practice so you don't look nervous even when you feel nervous. Well. I... So you're talking, and once you, and the first step, once you start becoming aware of it, I used to always, I had, when I wore suits, I used to always button and unbutton my suit. That was my thing. And I was like, 
that's a tell in poker, a repetitive action, repetitive self-touching is a sign of nervousness. Yeah, yeah. Touching things, massaging hands. Yeah. And it's not that you do it once. It's when you do it over and over in a repetitive way because repetition is a sign of nervousness. It's a tell. Repetition is not natural. Think about it. If you're just chilling out with your friends, you wouldn't be going. No. Yeah. No, nah, we won't do that normally. Yeah. Over and over and over. You might do it once or whatever. Like, okay, cool. But it's only when you're nervous that you start going. Do repetitive actions. Yeah. That's a tell yeah. in poker a lot that they look for a lot. Fingers and toes, especially. It's always in the fingers and toes. Do man, you want, you want like you're saying that confidence can be learned to practice. So let's be honest, like, yeah, you learn. And okay, there are so many people out there and I have talked with so many people. It's like, and I'm going to put myself into their shoes and say, Ivan, like you are saying that you learn confident, but no, like you are born confident, man. Or uh, the lady, she can give presentation. She can give presentation, amazing presentation in front of board person, chairman, president. I can't do that, man. Like, I, I don't know how to do it. Uh, and then you mentioned again in the book is that just put yourself into stressful situations. Get yeah. closer so your hand, like when you exercise, be more comfortable with that, man. Like, please t- talk to me more about that one. So one of the things I always say is that most people practice mumbling to themselves in front of a mirror, uh, yeah. reading, mumbling to themselves on, on their computer, mumbling to themselves in the bus or in their car. And then you have to do your presentation for real and none of it helped. You still mess up. Because the only way to practice is by with the stress of being watched. You have to replicate the nervousness that you're going to feel when you present, when you're practicing. So you're still going to feel nervous, but you build a calluses to nervousness. You know calluses, the, the tough skin? Yeah, I have, like I, I exercise, yeah. Yeah, so you build the calluses. The same friction is there. The same nervousness is there, yes. but you built a tough skin so that it doesn't affect the way you do things. Mm-hmm. So I have built, uh, so for example, um, here's what I tell people to do. If you're working on a presentation or you're working on a job interview, practicing by yourself will not help you. It just won't. It's, you can start that way, but yeah. if you want to get ready, you have, you have a couple of options. I'm going to give you two options. Option one, and there's more in the book, but option one, you go up to a friend, a significant other, and you'll be like, hey, can I practice a few things in front of you? And they'll be like, yeah. And you'll go like this. Uh, okay, hold on. Give me a second. Give me a second. Good. Because that's what would have happened in your presentation. But now you're preparing for it. Yeah. Do that two yeah. to three times in front of your friend and it stops happening. Then find someone else and do the same thing again. Because what you're going to notice, you're, you're, you're going to stumble again. The more different people you can practice in front of, the more you'll prepare. So you build the calluses. Every time you will be nervous. Every single time. But every time you do this, it won't affect your delivery. It'll affect your delivery less and less and less. Give you an example. I'm what's known as a, as a distinguished Toastmaster. Many years ago, I got my distinguished Toastmaster certification. That's like the highest Toastmaster thing. And my first thing that I ever did in Toastmasters, the first thing I ever did was I had to, be, I had to tell a joke. I had to get up in front of everyone and tell a joke. And so what I did is I called a friend and said, hey, can I tell you a joke real quick? This is like an hour before I had to do it. And they were like, yeah. And I messed it up. You, when, you know, the first time you tell a joke, you mess it up. 
Yeah. <laughs> and then, and then, okay. They're like, yeah, I guess it's okay. I was like, thanks so much. I called like nine more people. Just before the presentation. Yeah. Like an hour beforehand. And I was like, Hey, listen, can I try this joke in front of you? Cause every time I tried to do it, like even it was even on the phone. This is like 15 years ago. Uh, the second time it was a little easier, but I still messed it up. The third time I didn't mess it up, but I didn't deliver it good. The fourth time better. Fifth time by the ninth friend that by the ninth friend I called, I was like, Hey, can I tell you a joke real quick? And I was killing it. So when I had to do it there for the actual meeting of Toastmasters, yes, I felt nervous, but it was the same feeling I felt when I was with my friends on the phone and I was used to it. I had built the calluses to deliver it better. Yeah. 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 The second tactic, because that's a long one. The second tactic is the hardest. And I talk about it in the book. If you have no friends, you're totally alone. You got no time. You got nobody to call. You got to go outside where people can see you and you have to say it out loud. <laughs> I read it. And when I read that, like you put someone in just in front, in center of the intersection man, and deliver yeah. a speech. I can't like, I, I thought of putting myself into that situation. And just the thought you, of it, right? Just yeah, the thought of it already gets you going. Oh, it's scary. thought like it's in just in front of intersections, you see so many people out there and you were standing 20 feet apart and you wanted him to like deliver speech so you can hear it from that, man. Oh, it's even now, like it's a scary thought, but if you can do that again, like it's going to be, you're definitely going to deliver a speech, a good one. You know what else? I mean, and, and, and it doesn't have an extreme. That story, yes, absolutely. And that's a true story. Young and Bloor, for anyone who's listening, that's like, it's like Times Square, one of the Times Squares in Toronto. You know what I mean? It's a super busy intersection. Very popular place, touristy kind of place too. I'll give you another example. Sometimes it doesn't have to be in a busy place. Just go outside, of, just walk around the block of your house. You might not even see anyone, but just being outside, you'll be like, like you'll get so self-conscious good because that's how you're going to feel when you do it for real and the more you do it the easier it gets i'll give you another example harpreet when i'm not uh teaching communication skills and stuff like that i am also also um if you google my name you will see that imdb pro comes up imdb because i'm I'm a you you are also a hollywood actor the other now, the past year and a half, I've been working on voicing, doing voices in a video game. It's going to come out next year. I can't talk about it. I had to sign an NDA, but it's, it's, on, it's, it's, a, it's either Xbox or PlayStation, and it's a very famous video game that most people, if you play video games, you'll know it. Wow. I'm doing a lot of voices for it. Harpreet, believe me when I tell you. Believe me when I tell you this, Harpreet. I'm in a sound booth with like five people. It's super nerve wracking, right? There's people in LA, in Montreal, in Toronto, in New York, all over the world. And they're listening to every tiny word. Ivan, you know, you said, hey, let's go. Can, can you put just like a half a second in between hey and let's go? Just like a half a second. Like that's how, that's how specific it has to be. Super nerve wracking, very mm-hmm. stressful, right? You know, they're in a sound booth and, and no one, you can't tell if they like it or not. Sometimes it's like, okay, let's move on. And you're like, Is that good or bad? I don't know. Very stressful. Believe me when I tell you. The sound recording studio is about an hour away by by walking. I walked all the way there saying all my lines out loud by myself like a crazy person. Out loud. Yes. And it's not like it was like a night. It's like an action video. So it's like, kill them all. Now, I wasn't screaming, 
I was walking down the street going, kill them all, kill them all, kill them all, kill them all, kill them all. Get them, get them. Come on. Who's that? Get them up. And I was just reading my lines out loud. And every single time someone walked by me, I felt like a, I was like, oh my God, oh my God, I'm fucking, I'm killing. I felt it. But what happened when I had to go into the sound room and I had to do the lines, I felt that same nervousness. Yeah. But because I'd been feeling it for an hour, calluses, it did not affect my delivery. Wow. Yeah. So that's two ways to practice in front of someone else or outside where people can see you. Man, like even, even if like there's you, not people around. It's completely like resonate with me. I didn't go that far, like like standing in the intersection. But like when I came here, I came in Canada three years back. Yep. And English is my like third language and I wanted to improve. Like I, I know English on paper, but I couldn't speak in front of the people. So you know, like what I did, I went first I went joined the Toastmasters. Because uh, in that way, like you can talk to so many faces. But after that, I, I talk with so many strangers. I talk with strangers on the road, like on, on the bus stop. I didn't have any car. I, I rode bus so many times. I talked to strangers, just two sentences, three sentences. And that gave me like confidence. Okay, I can talk. And now like, even like I never imagined before. I couldn't even imagine like I'm going to talk with someone. Like, but now I'm getting into it. I can improve job. But this is yeah like practice with strangers you're definitely gonna go there brother like that's what i believe in really you know when i um and it's what you're saying is exactly right you go up to someone uh excuse me what time is it even that you'd be like holy shit holy shit here i go here i go here i go excuse me what time is it like it freaks you out yeah um, when i was learning french i when i was learning french i remember the first line i said i i don't want a bag people would always ask i go to the store you want a bag and i would be like no i don't want a bag i freak out and I remember the first time I said it in French and the person understood me. And I was like, holy shit. Because, well, I, the, the first time I ever tried it, I messed it up. And the person was like, I'm sorry, what? And I was like, I don't want a bag. I freaked out. <laughs> yeah. But I kept doing it. And the first time I did it and they're like, okay. I was like, that's because that's stress. And I remember, uh, so in Canada, there is this kind of thing. It, it's a bursary program where Canadian citizens who are English language people the government will pay for you to do five weeks of French immersion mm -hmm. and French people, the government will pay to do five weeks of English immersion to encourage, uh, they'll pay for everything except travel to encourage bilingualism. And I was there and I was trying to get my French better. Yeah. And I met all of these, um, other students who had been in French immersion their whole lives, but only in school. So we would go out and I, I didn't do, I did just basic French in school, but I'd been living in Montreal. So I'd been speaking French. I had a girlfriend who barely spoke English, you know, and my French was terrible, but I was very confident talking bad French. And these people had been speaking French their whole lives, but only in school. I was only on the street. And we would go out to a bar and they'd be like, Yvonne, could you order for me? I'm like, dude, you speak French. It's like, yeah, yeah but you know, I just, I feel they were so, they couldn't translate from just reading to actually in person. That's exactly what you said. Practicing with, with the stress of being watched. I know, man. I, think of that story. I, I, I have met I have met few people like that, even in the Toronto, like they know French. They were born citizen here, but they only know French because of high school. Like, and after that, they never spoke of the amazing. Brother. Yeah. Uh, so now I want to talk very, one of the most important thing, like I really wanted to talk with you, which you mentioned in the book. The term is 
psychological reactance yeah and okay. I, okay this is again very impactful if you get it right like that's what i believe and for the listeners like what so correct me if i'm wrong but what i learned from that from your book is that okay let's believe i i came from the work i'm tired and now the weather is good i want to go for a walk because weather is good and i am already tired i'm planning to go for a walk but 5 minutes let's say my roommate came to me and he same thing same same thing hey hey hi the weather is good let's go for a walk but now what's happening to me and i believe it's going to be common is that i don't want, want to go to walk now anymore <laughs> because i don't want to f- accept his command i don't want to take action on his command i don't i want to do things free of my will yeah and you mentioned that the psychological reactance please uh, uh, give your thoughts on it like i'm i'm so much looking forward to this thing so y- you kind of have it right so reactance psychological reactance is you will naturally resist any idea that makes you feel like you don't have the ch- freedom to choose so let me give you another example i talk about this a lot you know when your mom when you're a kid and your mom's like hey clean up your room and you might have been you might have been want to clean up it but the second someone says do it you're like no you know what i mean it, we yeah. all have it when you have a a, a resistance to authority when yeah. someone tells you what to, you don't want to do something until someone says you can't do it yeah you want to i might it. go to put on my jacket hey put on your jacket before we go out <laughs> i'm going to put on my jacket but not because you told me like we have that resistance yeah, yeah. that is why so often and again it has to do with the fact that evidence won't convince people right is when you tell them this is the best course of action and you get resistance to it. it's like you know look every, all the facts says that this is what you have to do you have to do this if you want to survive or if you want to get success if you want to increase your revenue and you're like okay maybe you get a lot of yeah i don't know because the second you people feel like they don't have the freedom to choose they will resist that idea and one of my favorite examples i talk about it in the book is from wrestling yes yeah so the idea was this you know in in the world of professional wrestling you know like lucha libre style if you're like into mexican wrestling with the mask is one of the things that happened was whenever they tried to introduce a baby face a good guy it was they sometimes the audience liked it sometimes they didn't it's very hard to make people like an idea yeah but it is very easy to make people hate an idea not like an idea what i what what's yeah, the science behind it man like why why we Crazy. hate things much more compared to why why we like things it's, a, it's easier to do all good debaters all politicians that's all they do they don't give you alternatives they don't tell you the right idea they just make the other idea sound bad that's all it takes to convince people and in wrestling what they did was first they'd introduce someone and make people hate them cuz it's very easy to do they'd come out and they like tell you guys are all ugly boo whoever stood up to them whatever other wrestler fought them the people loved and that was it that's all it took so when you are presenting and if you want to convince people instead of telling people the right thing to do present options and make your the thing that you want them to do the most advantageous sounding option make them pe- make people dislike idea 1 make them dislike idea 2 and then say what idea 3 i know and we get more details into that in the book but that's reactance people yeah. will resist any idea that makes them impinge on their freedom and as a result if you just tell people what to do they will resist it 
But instead of telling people what to do, tell them, here's all the things we can do, but all of them are sucky. All of them are terrible, except for this one that we should do. And the likelihood that they will do what you want them to do increases. And you think, you think like, because I write and I know the, like you put so many options there, put all the options with so many negative scores compared yeah. to the benefits and put the other option with much more benefit. But in practical, if I have to now, because I'm going to start implementing this thing. Do it. So should I, the option which I want listeners to listen or anyone in front of me to listen, I should I always put that option in the last with the benefit? Is that thing matters or no? Like I can put option with much more benefit in the start and then I can start giving them another options. What did you think on it? So suppose we're going to do this. Suppose I'm trying to give you, I want to convince you to start fasting in the mornings, to not eat breakfast right away. Okay. <laughs> I want to convince you. Right? Mm -hmm. And I want to convince you to do it because um, it's going to help you to like get really lean mm -hmm. without having to like diet. Eat what you say, but just don't eat till 11, right? I could say, I could say, listen, today I want to talk to you a little bit about um, what are some ways that we can get a six pack, right? For, to get ready for summer. I mean, the first thing we could do is you could just really like restrict all your calories. So if you normally eat 2000, that's it. You have to take 500 out and you have to do it for the next six months, every single day without exception, right? And it'll work but it's super hard to do. And it's then you're not going to enjoy your, you're going to be hungry and cranky all the time. You're not going to enjoy what you're doing. You're going to start hating it, right? You're probably going to fail. You're going to have a cheat day. Right? I mean, the other option is getting a personal trainer, right? <laughs> getting someone to keep you on, right? But how much money Absolutely. is that? It's super expensive. What if you don't have money for a personal trainer every single day to keep you honest, right? Or one thing you can do is don't eat until 11 a.m. If you wake up at seven, just don't eat till 11 and then eat whatever you want. You're way more likely to follow that through. Now, whether that's at the end or in the middle or at the beginning, again, I have a preference, but it's not a rule. This is a tool you use. I love it when my last idea is the one I want you to do because short-term memory only lasts like 10, 15 seconds. Harpreet, what were we talking about a minute ago? Yeah, I'm right? going to check the video. Listener, listener, right now you're like, what were they talking about? Exactly. So, but here's the thing. You can remember how you felt about things. So you might say, oh yeah, those first ideas weren't really good. But that, remember that last idea was really good. What was the last one? If it's the last one, the likelihood that you'll remember yeah. it is higher because it's most recent. Yes. No, that's right. And when you mentioned your third point, okay, don't eat 11. And you didn't put so much negative. And I also get the idea in that same time. Okay, if I'm if I sleep like six hours and then again I don't eat for four hours, that's like ten hour fasting. I can reduce my weight. So interesting that that's how you can use that man. And notice I didn't say you have to fast. Yeah. Because then you'd be like, no, I don't have to fast, Yvonne. I'm gonna eat my stuffed non-bread thing. I don't know what what, what you said it was. You just right. put the option with the much benefit size. Now you choose. Wow. You see? And it increases. It's not 100%, but it just increases the likelihood that you'll go with my idea because yeah. it avoids reactants. It surpasses reactants. Most people fight reactants and you lose every time. So instead, you avoid it by giving people the options and they feel like they can choose. 
Amazing, man. Amazing. Thanks so much, Ivan. Like we really had a good conversation. Yeah, and we're done. Are we done? Okay, cool. I oh mean, my God, like, it's been like almost an hour and a half. That's crazy. Every time, like I never had conversation like interview with this long and even when in interview, I mentioned that we I'll only try to take 45 minutes of you and I just love it. I just love the conversation we had, man. Yeah, and thank I really so appreciate you, uh, you know, I mean, reaching out to me. Anyway, I'm, I'm humbled. Um, thank you. I'm humbled by it. So thank no, you very much. I appreciate so much, it. So just now, like before wrapping up, could you please tell us the listeners listening us on the podcast or who are watching us on YouTube, what's the best way to reach out to you on, online? Yeah, so I'm, I am everywhere. I am everywhere. But here's the thing. I actually have like a publicspeakinglab.com mm-hmm. slash connect. Everything is public speaking lab. So if you on Instagram, public speaking lab. On TikTok, public speaking lab. Uh, on LinkedIn, public speaking lab. Uh, website, public speaking lab. And I have a link to all my courses, um, my upcoming book, which you're teasing in this one. This, this is the soft launch, everyone. Soft launch, but please buy it. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to put that description, uh, the title and the link in the description box. So please yeah. check that book out publicspeakinglab.com slash connect if you want, or just search public speaking lab anywhere and you'll should find me. I think only on LinkedIn, you are with the Ivan Vani Suhis and all But I also platform. have public, but I, all, if you, I also have public speaking lab. So you'll oh, find me. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I know, man, last names are hard, dude. Last names are hard. So just go public speaking lab. You'll find me. Guaranteed. I'm pronouncing your last name correctly. Like I don't want to get it. Get it. Yeah. Awesome, Thank get you so much. You're, you're a pro, Harpreet. You're a pro, my friend. <laughs> Uh, thanks so much Ivan thanks so much for coming on the show my pleasure man reach out anytime and thank you everyone for listening I can't I think you're destined for great things sir so good luck with everything I'm gonna let me know and I'll share this with my community as well thank you so much man all right